Hello, I'm Noah Hardwick, and you're listening to the I Know a Guy podcast, the show where we discuss the difficulties of curating Christian music with guests while discovering new music along the way. Joining me today is Chris Cooner of Broken FM and the Rock in a Hard Place podcast. Hey, Chris, I hope I pronounced that name right. Um, you did excellent work. Ah, oh, great. I've heard your podcast, so I was hoping that I remembered that right. <laughs> yep, you got it. So can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and what it is you do with uh, Broken FM? Sure. Uh, I am a married father of two. Uh, I live in the sunny state of California. My primary job is uh, dad. So uh, I spend most of my days dealing with and taking care of my kids. Um, But I do have this little job at uh, Broken FM, which is a Christian rock radio station. And we try to make sure we differentiate specifically what we play. Um, I'm a DJ, first and foremost. I am also the assistant program director. uh, So I get a little bit of input about what goes on over the air. Um, But I've been with Broken FM for nine years now. Uh, and you know, we can get into some of the details of that later on, but, uh, help bring it from this little tiny station that had no real direction as far as how to play the music and, and style and all that kind of stuff to helping get it to where it is today, which is still not massive, but enough. Um, I'm also a co-host of the rock and a hard place podcast with Paul Gibson, who does the Christian rock 20. And that is a, attempt at a weekly show, but it doesn't always make it out weekly just based on our schedules and what we can, uh, what we can put together at a given, at a given moment. So, uh, that's pretty much my life in a nutshell. Cool. Thanks for giving us a little bit of an idea of, how, uh, who you are. And so how did you get into Christian music? How did I get into Christian music? Man, that's going to take me back. Um, when I was in junior high, I had a friend of mine who had an album on cassette, and it was called uh, Petra's Beat the System. So uh, that's going to give people a bit of an idea of how old I <laughs> am. But uh, I think Garrett and I actually are about the same age, Garrett Godfrey from the... Uh, uh, Christian, the crowdfunding Christian music podcast. Yes. I think we're very close in age. Um, uh, so he let me borrow that and I took it home. And I, I mean, I was brought up in a Christian home. We were at church every Sunday. We were there for morning. We were there for evening. We were there for Sunday school, Wednesday night programs. Like church was this massive part of my life throughout my growing up years. And then, um, so I bring home this music that I'm told is is Christian rock. And I'm thinking, well, I listen to mainstream stuff all the time. My dad's got to be happy that there's this Christian rock stuff. So I brought <laughs> it home and immediately he was rather skeptical. Didn't really want me listening to it because he had talked to some friends and they had given him the idea that these people weren't really Christians. They were just pretending to be Christians so that they could cash in on this uh, new genre of music that was that was called Christian rock. Um, you know, there was nothing different from the mainstream rock to the Christian rock. The lyrics were fake, all of that kind of stuff. So he pretty much banned me from listening to it. And like any good child, I ignored most of his advice and I kind of listened to it a little bit anyhow. Um, 
And then when I was a junior or senior in high school, I can't remember exactly when, uh, I had a friend of mine who would pick me up and take me to choir practice at uh, 7 o'clock in the morning. And on the way, we, we would listen to this album that he had in his car. And it ended up being uh, Petra's um, This Means War. So I really dug it, really enjoyed it. The lyrics, you know, you start off with that first, uh, that very first song is the, is the title Cut. And uh, it, it starts out with this drum beat. And then, you know, son of the morning, highest of all. You had so much go until you took a fall, had a place in the glory, but you wanted it all. I mean, I instantly knew that he was talking about Satan, you know, mm -hmm. and listening to the rest of the song was about, uh, you know, how Satan is going to get himself crushed. You know, it's time for us to declare war on Satan, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I, I've got to. I got to take this to my dad and show him that he's just not right about these Christian artists. So I brought the tape. I borrowed the tape from my friend. I brought it home. I handed it to my dad. And uh, the next morning when he was taking us to school or something like that, he shoved it in and started listening to it. So we got through the first two tracks, I think, on that cassette and we made it to school. I'm about to get out of the car and I was going to take the tape back to my friend. And my dad's like, I want to borrow this. So he actually listened to the thing front to back a couple of times as he was driving around uh, doing his work that day, uh, got home from school that night. And he said, if this is pretty much what that music that you want to listen to is, then I'm fine with it. And that just kind of launched me off into beginning the search for everything that I could get my hands on that was considered Christian, but wasn't necessarily adult contemporary. It was a little more on the heavier side. And I discovered bands like, um, well, Petra, of course, I discovered Striper. Um, I discovered DC talk. Uh, so I was getting into hip hop cause I loved mainstream hip hop, but that was right at the time where gangsta was becoming the thing. And so you couldn't really listen to it that much. Um, lyrically because you'd mm -hmm. just be filling your head with all this garbage. So that was kind of my that was kind of my path, a little winding path to get me to uh to Christian music. It was funny because my dad was like totally okay that I was listening to bands like Def Leopard. But <laughs> Petra, oh pseudo Christians, you can't listen to them. I'd rather know they're not saved and filling your head with garbage than have them pretend to be saved and filling your head with garbage. It was weird. Yeah. So I have a question for you that I'm actually probably going to ask again later, but I'm going to ask it now. When you were that age, how did you find Christian music? So we had, I had friends for one, um, that, uh, that listened to a lot of this stuff because their parents were a little more, um, I don't want to say hip than my parents, but a little more relaxed in, uh, some of their standards, I guess, than my parents were at the time. So I would get stuff from them, borrow it, and listen to it that way. We had a local Christian bookstore that had some stuff. But, I mean, at the time it was primarily, you know, Amy Grant's early years and Steve Green uh -huh. and that kind of stuff. Um, the thing that really got me into finding some of this music was uh, – and I don't know – you you may not remember this because I don't think they do it anymore. But they used to you used to get these things in the mail from like Columbia House or yeah. um, I've heard like, of them. I've never actually seen one, but 
You're making me feel so old. Um, they uh, so so you get this you get this thing in the mail, and it would be like get twelve CDs for a penny, and only buy three more over the next three years at regular price. And so I sat down and I looked through one of these, and they had this Christian section, and I thought, well, honestly, twelve for a penny plus I paid like. I don't know, five or six dollars for shipping. I thought that's a pretty cheap investment. Even if this stuff is terrible, I, I'm at least not out. I mean, at the time, CDs were 15 to 20 bucks, depending on where you bought it at. So I would go and and I I ordered like 12 CDs. I ordered uh, DC Talks uh, very first album, self-titled. Um, I ordered a Petra album. I ordered a Guardian album uh, that was their Miracle Mile album. Um, let's see. What else did I get back then? I got I got a few Petra albums in that. Um, I got a a uh, hip hop group called SFC uh, Soldiers for Christ. Um, I can't remember some of the other ones, but uh, yeah, this 12 pack of CDs showed up at my door and I just, I went on a binge and just started listening to all of this stuff. And it, uh, it, it really helped me out just to realize that there's all this stuff in there and gave me kind of a love for music in a whole new way because I didn't have to feel guilty or worry um, about what I was listening to because I always checked to make sure that it was at least... Um, at least on the surface, it was biblically sound. Now, I'm sure if you dove into some of the lyrics, people would go, oh, well, that's not right. And that's not right. But it was little like gray areas that some people have within the scripture as to it could go this way. It could go mm -hmm. that way. You know, they agreed with one, but not the other. So moving on to talking about Christian radio, how did you get into to radio? Did you just always practice your radio voice or what? <laughs> I, I found out at one point that my dad, when he was in the air force, uh, did a little bit of work in radio. And I thought that that was just the coolest thing. Um, but he never really went into details about what specifically he did. Um, but I've always kind of had this thing for radio. I was a singer uh, in, you know, church. I was in the church choir and I would do the musical plays and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then I had a friend who, let's see, I was probably 24, 25, somewhere in that area. When I had a friend of mine who worked for the local adult contemporary mainstream adult contemporary mm -hmm. station it was like the biggest station in, in our town, uh, the most popular station in our town. He was like a Saturday DJ, but they were they had just purchased a new frequency and were going to be starting a, a smooth jazz radio station. And I thought, well, I can probably do that. So I talked to him and he brought me in for an interview uh, with the smooth jazz guy and the smooth jazz guy's like, yeah, I just don't really see a fit. We're looking for people with experience and that for radio. That's like the biggest thing. It's it's not necessarily a matter of the education. It's a matter of how much experience do you have being on the air and how comfortable are you in the chair? And does your voice fit the style of the music that's being played? Right. Um, 
so the DJ side at that moment didn't really work out for me. However, the uh, vice president of programming for the adult contemporary station was looking for help as what they call a board op. So that's where you show up to all the, the poopy shifts for lack of a better term, you get like the seven to midnight or the midnight to 6am or whatever. And it's all pre-programmed. You just kind of sit there and push buttons or you work Mm -hmm. on a, on a Saturday when there isn't necessarily anybody live on the air at that point. Um, you're just there playing CDs and answering the telephone. So you're, you're George Jetson. You just have more than one button that you have to push. (laughs) Um, so He got me on as doing that. I started out doing a show um, which is actually nationwide, or it was at the time. Have you ever heard of a a show called Delilah After Dark? No, it doesn't ring a bell. So there is this lady. She's based out of Seattle. I'm going to tell a lot of tales out of school. People aren't (laughs) supposed to know this stuff. Uh, There's a lady based out of Seattle, and her name is legitimately Delilah. And she has this nighttime radio show that's all touchy-feely and people call in and they talk about their loved ones and they ask to play songs. And it's just a a massive sap fest. But from 7 to midnight, that's what people are looking for in the evening if they're stuck listening to the radio typically. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had to go and since it was a satellite show, I had to be local in our studio and switch over to play local commercials. And sometimes I'd have to play a song in order to fill in to uh, where the the break was over and they would come back and start doing their regular show. So that was my first foray into it was learning how to do that. And then they threw me in on my own. So I would do Delilah, I think two nights a week, I would uh, I would board up for the Delilah show. So I'm basically just pushing buttons, watching screens, waiting on uh, certain forms of music to play at certain times and starting playing local commercials. But I never really talked on the air much uh, for the first little while. Uh, After I'd been there for about a year and a half, I really wanted to try and get on the air. And the uh, the head guy said, well, uh, you know, make me a tape and let me hear what you sound like. So I had my friend help me learn how to do what's called a scoped tape where you take uh, the end of a song and you just you just cut out, you know, like the last 10 or 15 seconds and then you talk and then you do it over top of the intro of the next song and cut it off uh, before the song actually really gets going. So you just got these little snippets, little breaks. It's it's fake DJing, essentially. Um, So I cut that up and I put it on his desk and I didn't hear from him for like a week. And he uh, he finally saw me one day at the studio and he called me into his office and he said, man, you are really good, like really good. You're kind of a natural at this, um, but I can't use you here because your voice is too young for the type of music that we play. You know, huh. they're trying to appeal to a similar audience to like Caleb, where it's um, you know, they call them soccer moms. It's right. just, just a stupid title, but they call them soccer moms. And that's the the audience. So they wanted a more mature sounding voice. And I didn't have that. But he tells me, you know, what station in town do you want to work for? I will call you and I will get you a job. Well, the only station in town that really would have fit me well, um, music style wise, um, their their call name was Sexy. 
and they were playing like urban hip hop and that kind of stuff. He's like, you, you'd fit right in there. Your voice is perfect for that. Well, how am I supposed to show up at church on Sunday? <laughs> and people say, oh, what are you doing? Oh, I work in radio. Oh, really? What station? Um, sexy. Uh, it just doesn't fit well. So I thanked him a lot. And then I stayed on as a board op for a little while longer. But I was working a full-time job at the same time as doing the radio stuff part-time. Came down to where I just I couldn't handle staying up till midnight and having to be to work at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. the next morning uh, for my day job. So I had to turn in my notice and quit. I was out of radio for, man, this is getting to be a really long story. <laughs> uh, <sorry>. It's <laughs> cut me off at any time, man. No, go uh, ahead. I want to hear the other skins. They, uh, so I was out of radio for... I don't know, probably four or five years when a friend of mine at church said, hey, have you heard about this new Christian rock station, Broken FM? And I said, no, I hadn't heard anything about it. So he gave me the call or the, he gave me the numbers, the frequency numbers, which at the time we were on 107.9, which is literally the last spot on the radio dial. Yeah. Um, so I listened to them and they were they were doing some weird things at the time. They, it was like they had, and I later found out that this is pretty much what happened. It's like they had a bunch of CDs in their collection and they just kind of put them all on a computer and hit play and just let it go. Well, that would certainly make for an interesting mix. (laughs) So you would go from like a, um, (laughs) you would go from a band like, uh, Oh man, who are some of the hardcore bands we were playing? Like Sleep? For, no, that's that's not a hardcore band. Like um, Demon Hunter? Or? Uh, well, okay, not, but not quite that far. Demon Hunter. Okay. So you would go from a band like that. I mean, like total screamo for the whole four or five minutes of the song, uh-huh. and then it would drop into like a U two. Yeah, that'd so, be kind of jarring. Yeah, yeah, it was very. We call them train wrecks in in radio. You know, there was train wrecks all over the place. And I I just I wasn't comfortable with kind of the direction that they were heading at that point. Mm-hmm. But I thought, well, you know, what's the worst that can happen? I'll reach out and I'll send them an email and see what happens. So I sent the email to just the the station in general. I said, hey, you know, this is my name. I've got radio experience from, you know, these particular years with this particular station. You know, are you guys hiring? I get an email back the next day. We're not hiring because we don't have any money, but we are taking on volunteers. If you think you can help, then come by and let's have an interview. So I went by the studio, um, which was literally a broom closet at a Christian school. And they, uh, I sat down and I talked to the the guy who owns the station. His name is Keith. Um, I just sat down and talked to him and kind of, told him some things that I would love to see them do and all of that. And he goes, um, okay, well, that's all great. I, I like you. Um, here's a key. And what time would you like to be on the air? <laughs> so I started doing Fridays uh, from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Because, again, I'm married by this time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a baby. So it was, let's see, did I have both kids? I'm going to have to go back and double check, but, uh, <laughs> but I know I had at least one and then we, um, well, no, it was nine years ago. I had one cause one year old cause she's 10 now. So yeah, 
So it was nine years ago. I had one child already. Um, and I went home and I was like talking to my wife. I said they want me to be on the air and to start doing things. So I went in there with their system uh, that they had set up and just kind of played along with whatever they had. But then uh, Tim Hopkins, who was our actual program director, and he's another DJ there, he came on within a week after me. And uh, Tim's got a lot of music knowledge. I mean, you uh, literally, I would encourage you to have Tim on sometime and just just talk to him about music because he knows music like nobody's business. That might be um, fun. It, I think you would definitely have a good time with him for sure. Uh, so we, he and I get to talking, Tim and I get to talking and it's like the software is kind of buggy. It's crashing all the time. You know, we be like knocked off the air and have to log in remotely and put in these codes in order to get it to reboot the machine and stuff wasn't running properly. So I wanted to switch things over to a different system and, but I needed help because I wanted to give organization to the music. Um, so Tim and I sat at my table literally two and a half days. I mean, it was periods of time during those days, but it took us two and a half days to go through and set up a rotation to choose how the music was going to fit, how old we wanted to go with our songs, how current we wanted it to be, how much we wanted everything to play. And I know you've got questions on that later down the yeah, line. I do. So I don't spill, I don't want to spill too much of that now, but, um, you know, Tim and I sat down and basically crafted what continues to be the way that Broken FM um, does its music. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to give too much away. <laughs> well, I don't we can go ahead and jump in there, I guess, or we can finish the story out. <laughs> that's, you know, so it's I mean, since then, that's pretty much been it. It's I'm, I'm on the air. Uh, Monday through Friday, typically two to seven, but Wednesdays, my show's a little short because Paul Gibson has the Christian rock 20 that we play. So I'm yeah. only on until five on Wednesdays. Um, but every other day of the week, I'm there from two to seven. So let's go back to the, the talking about the rotations there. What, what exactly is a rotation and, and how does that work at, at broken FM? Okay, so a rotation is basically a grouping of songs, and most radio stations will categorize their songs in uh, a couple of different ways. The way that Broken FM does it is we use a system we call a hot, a medium, and a cold. Um, some stations will call them a current, a recurrent, and a, a cold or a gold or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. We just like hot, medium, and cold because it's very easy to, to know, understand, yeah. tell the difference between what you're talking about. Okay, so that's that's just our preference for our thing. Uh, so hot stuff would be um, a grouping of songs that have just come out, usually within the last six months. Sometimes if something is still charting, which we can talk about later, uh, we'll leave it in longer as long as it maintains its position within the charts. Mm -hmm. But if it drops down below, you know, 20 or 25 or something like that, odds are it's going to get pulled out of the hots. So all of your all of the new stuff that comes out gets shoved into that hot rotation. Uh, we like to keep our hot rotation between 30 and 40 songs. So with our rotation, our hots 
you will hear those around four times a day. Now, to give you some perspective on how we do things differently than other stations, if you are listening to something like a K-Love, they may have 15 songs in their hot or current rotation. Mm -hmm. So you're going to hear them literally every two to four hours. Yeah, that sounds about right from what I've heard. (laughs) So they like to have this really hot rotation. And we've actually been taken to task a few times by some people saying your rotation's not hot enough. You don't get enough play counts. And it's like, Tim and I, when we sat down to go over all this music, we kind of made a list in our heads of things that radio stations do that we don't like. And then we said, we're not doing that. I can honestly say I can tell that when I was, we don't have a whole lot of uh, Christian rock stations here in Arkansas, especially not now that Air One has changed their format. So I was just going through the uh, TuneIn app, I think, on my phone and looking for Christian rock stations. And yours was like the one that stood out as having uh, a rotation that wasn't like constantly on repeat hearing the same song every hour. Right. And that's intentional. And again, there are people that are not happy with that. Like, because we are what's called a reporting station where we actually report the numbers mm-hmm. of all hot songs that we play, we send every Monday, Tim has to fill out a form, what's played, how many times is it played, what have you added, what have you taken away? He's got to email that form in every single Monday unless there's a holiday. Um, and those play counts count towards the song's you know, moving up or down the charts based off of those play counts. Uh, so there's there's some bands that aren't happy with the way we do our rotation because they want more plays. And I totally understand that. But we don't want to have people just absolutely sick of what they're listening to on our station. We want people to be able to tune in at six o'clock in the morning when they wake up and listen to us until two o'clock in the afternoon and maybe realize they heard the same song twice. Right. That's, that's how we feel about it because that's how we'd want to listen to it. So you mentioned the talking about the charting. How does, how do you uh, report that? I mean, do you report everything for charting or is it just some songs that get reported? The only thing that we have to report is our hot category. Um, so everything that's in hot, basically there is a, it looks like a spreadsheet. There's a website literally that Tim will log into mm-hmm. and he will, uh, if the songs have already been put in there, then he'll just tick the box next to, you know, that it played and then put in the number of play counts. So we've got software that we have to pop open that shows how many times each of those songs has played in the last seven days. So he'll go through and he'll put in those play counts and then any songs that he doesn't tick that means we pulled them out of the hot rotation, so we're no longer spinning them uh, in that particular category. And then anything new, he literally has to type into blank spaces, uh, title, artist, label, and mm-hmm. then play. And then those will get added into the list. So the next week, if we're still playing those, which we probably will be, he doesn't have to type in all that information again. He just has to tick the box. Yes, it's still playing in hot, and here's the play count. So uh, you talked a little bit about how you pretty much add anything that would be in the the hot going nationally. How do you decide what you're going to play on the station besides just what's popular everywhere? 
So we get sent music um, through a lot of different channels. Some of it hits really well. Uh, some of it doesn't. You know, we've got bands like um, Light 45. Have you yeah. heard of them? Yes. Okay. So Light 45's uh, single, Steeped, we mm-hmm. were literally the first station to add it. Tim oh, got cool. a message saying that it was available. And here's another radio secret for mainstream and Christian alike. There is a uh, there is a system out there that is called Play MPE. When you get in with a label to where they realize that you're a legitimate radio station and you're a reporting station, they will send you a login to this website called Play MPE. And you literally go to this website and anybody that is anybody uh, gets their music posted onto that website. And so you can search by genre and listen to whatever it is that's being pushed out by all the different radio promoters and see if something is worth your worth taking the time for you to add it. If it is, then of course you download it and they can tell that you've downloaded it. And then usually the promoter will send you an email and say, Hey, thanks for downloading. Mm -hmm. Are you going to add it? Or what's the story or whatever the case may be. Um, and then you can let them know if you're adding it or not. And I think that's pretty much what happened with Light 45 is Tim was looking through Play MPE. Uh, Steeped was the song that they were pushing at the time. He listened to it, has a great hook. Yeah, um, it does. So he grabbed it, decided it would fit. And not long after that, other stations started catching on that Light 45 was a good ad. And they began to climb the charts. And now I think they're the last time I saw they were just outside of the top 20, the last chart I saw, but that was like a week or so ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's possible that they've climbed even higher at this point. Um, But that's how, that's one of the ways that we get new music is we check out Play MPE and and Tim spends a lot of time going through and finding stuff that he thinks would go well with the station. He has um, developed a really good rapport with the record labels. So they'll literally just email him entire albums and uh, and allow him to peruse and see if there's something he thinks that would be good. We get a lot of submissions through our submission email address. We're one of the few stations that will actually take your submission and listen to it. Mm-hmm. And we'll decide, does it fit with the format? Is it good enough quality? Um, what's the message? Are you actually a Christian band or are you just someone who thinks your music sounds spiritual? Um you know, we do research on bands that we don't know before we just throw them on there. We want to make sure that there's a history. And the reason we do that is because if I push a song out to, you know, not only just the people that listen locally, but because we have the web and the the apps that people can listen anywhere in the world, you hear a song that you heard me play uh-huh. You decide you want to go buy that album and two tracks away from that song uh, is a, a piece about murdering your girlfriend. <laughs> You're going to look at me and go, why are you pushing this band? This doesn't seem to add up. So we have to be really careful as gatekeepers to try and make sure that everything is on the up and up. Have we made mistakes? Yeah, we've gotten called on the carpet a couple of times. People will send us an email. Hey, did you know this? We sent an email back. No, we didn't. 
Thank you very much. We do the research to find out if that accusation is true. If it is, we pull the song. It's done. We're not pushing it anymore. Um, that's only happened, I think, twice in the nine years that I've been there. Um, so, uh, you know, it, that's it's pretty not good. A, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that tells us that we're doing OK as far as our research is concerned. So I have two questions kind of on that topic. Sure. One is uh, you, you, when you have a song that's popular uh, nationally in the hot list, so to speak, uh, have you come across those and you just don't want to play them even though everybody else is playing them? Yes. <laughs> that, was a, that was one example. I cannot remember the name of the band, but it was a female-fronted band. Um, not a popular band at all. Mm -hmm. This was like they were independent or something like that. And Tim heard the song and he really liked it. And every time I heard it, it drove me batty because her vocal was off. And I couldn't quite put my finger on what exactly it was, but there was something that was wrong with it. And I talked to Tim maybe five or six times before. I think he finally just got sick of me talking to him about it and he pulled it. Um <laughs> So, uh, you know, that's that's one example. The 12 Stones is an example of a band that I will name. We were spinning their new stuff and 12 Stones stuff sounds really good. Yeah, it's um, got good production on it. Yes, very much so. We were spinning their stuff and they had a new album that came out and we were spinning the single. And Tim was in the studio one day and he got a phone call from the uh, band's manager and he says, uh, hey, um, I need you to pull that new single from 12 Stones. And Tim's like, really? That's weird. We never have anybody tell us to pull their music out of rotation. And apparently the lead singer was in a really bad struggle with alcoholism mm -hmm. and was actually going out on stage and performing uh, sets inebriated. And was saying some things into the microphone that were not good uh, for a person who is supposed to be the leader of a Christian band to be saying. So they asked us to pull. And since that time, I have not heard hide nor hair of 12 Stones. I have no, no idea I hadn't either. In music. Yeah, that, that actually answers my second question I was about to ask you. I was going to say, have you ever been asked to uh, pull songs from artists that... Um, maybe didn't want to be associated with Christian music. Yeah, it's the, uh, the 12 stones example is one. We do a thing. Also, we call the broken record and that's where we interview an artist about their album that's dropping. And mm -hmm. then we actually play the album in its entirety. It's a really cool show. Uh, and I love that we do it. Um, so when Family Force Five's album came out with, um, I want to say it was five or maybe it was three. I, there was one of those. I think it might have been three. And we set up an interview. Tim, I wasn't able to do the interview that week. Tim did it with um, with one of the band guys, probably Chapstick or something along those mm -hmm. lines. And then. It's we'd recorded the interview the week before we were going to air it the following Monday because this was back when albums actually dropped on Tuesday instead of Friday. So 
we're trying like crazy to get the label to send us a copy of the album. It's like, we've got this show, we've got this interview, it's already done, we just need the album. Came down to the, the, the day that we were supposed to air that particular show, and he got a call from one of the people at the label saying, yeah, we, we really don't want to send it to you because people are concerned that it's not Christian enough. And Tim's like, well, I'm the one who's airing it, so shouldn't I get to decide if I think it's Christian enough? Well, yeah, but we're still not going to send it to you. So we had to cancel that episode. You know, we <laughs> talked it up the whole time, and then we just had to, like, pretend that it never happened. Uh, so we have an interview somewhere from one of the Family Force 5 guys that's never been heard. <laughs> uh it's interesting. I was having a email correspondence with a band that I, I won't mention on here um, about this kind of topic today of, hey, I, you guys are associated with the Christian market, but I know that like not everybody in your band is Christian, so do you still want me to kind of promote your music through Indivision Music, or do you want me to kind of you know push you away from the Christian market? And I really feel sorry for bands in that instance where they kind of feel like get thrown into a market that they don't entirely want to be in. Right. Well, so Creed back in the day was kind of that thing. You had Scott Stapp, who at the time was not professing to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. He's literally struggling with his father's domineering Christianity, um, you know, to basically beating the Bible into his son, thinking that that's going to help his son walk the straight and narrow. Um, so he's writing these lyrics that have these these vague spiritual undertones. Mm -hmm. But then you've got the rest of the band who is like, you know, literally cursing. No, we're not Christian. And people are still trying to throw that Christian label on to them. I get so tired of 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 the the labeling system. And I don't mean record labels. Yes. I mean the uh labels that we ascribe to the music to say that if it's Christian, then it can't play on mainstream radio. And if it's quote mainstream, then it has no business being on Christian radio. I, I I've never felt comfortable with those guidelines. Um, you know, if a guy who writes the music is a believer and he thinks that it fits within the Christian genre, then he should be able to send it off to Christian radio. And that shouldn't preclude him from being able to be played on mainstream radio. It just seems asinine to me that, that we as Christians have this limited view on what we consider is acceptable and what topics are okay and not okay. Um, and we just uh, a lot of us just want the stuff that's like happy, poppy, feel good. Jesus is my boyfriend and we're amazing together. It's just garbage. I want something real. I want something meaty. I want Brian Head Welch, you know, talking to me about this stuff. That's the kind of things that that I like in uh, in the, the a lot of the music that we play. I don't like that it's all this overly positive and happy feelings and that kind of stuff. I want some meat. I want to be able to bite into something and to chew on what they're saying and figure out if this applies to me or if it doesn't. And if it doesn't, it's okay because obviously it's going to apply to somebody and it's going to make a difference in their life. 
Is that something that you kind of focus on intentionally playing that kind of music on Broken FM? I'm, I'm guessing maybe just based off the name of it. Um, so the idea was that we knew the, the name was actually created by our owner's wife. Um, and she had a dream about a guy in like a, a, a tattered coat standing in the rain. And the, the only phrase that came to her when she saw that was he's broken. And so that's kind of how the name for Broken FM was born, was, was, that, uh, was that image that she had in her head. So we definitely know that the people that we are most trying to reach out to, um, the, the people that we would prefer do the majority of the listening, and that's, again, it's going to sound bad the way I say this, <laughs> I don't care who listens, honestly. You know, I mean, you could be the biggest teetotaler and love rock music and want to listen, and that's, that's totally fine with me. You could be the bearded, tatted-up biker and want to listen, and that's totally fine with me. I don't care who listens. But ultimately, the music that we play, we want to be able to show, A, that Christianity is a struggle and that even we, in all of our quote-unquote knowledge and wisdom, still don't have it all figured out. And that we have hope in one that we know for a fact has it all figured out. This concludes part one of my interview with Chris Cooner. Be sure and check out Broken FM if you like listening to Christian rock. And if you enjoyed listening to this interview, be sure and check out part two and hear Chris talk about the Rock in a Hard Place podcast and find out what he's been listening to. You can find more episodes of the I Know a Guy podcast on Facebook and subscribe to the podcast in iTunes and Google Play. Thanks for listening.